Hello everyone and welcome to the Athlete Tribe podcast. My name's Lee Eldridge, the host and director and founder of the Athlete Tribe. What I wanted to do today was just leave a short intro episode just to give you a little bit of an understanding of what we're about and what we're trying to achieve. So I set up the Athlete Tribe a few years ago to bring my previous role as a professional strength and conditioning coach and human performance coach to enable people to improve their performance. So what we're looking to do in this podcast is two things. One, reach out to coaches, high achievers, top performers, and get a little bit of a better understanding of what they do and all the, not necessarily tips and tricks that they're doing, but more talking about how they got to where they are, what their current training is looking like, what their current performance initiatives are that they're looking to develop. The second thing to do is basically to try and break down some simple things that we can really use to infect our life, improve our performance. And we're not just talking about in training, but we're also talking about the actual sporting event that you're trying to do. But we're also talking about at work and at home. So all aspects of our life. We hope that you enjoy the show. We're going to be talking to lots of different people trying to get as much information from them and we're trying to give out as much information to you. As always, we're a new channel and we're looking for people to subscribe, to leave comments, reviews. One of the biggest things from a coaching point of view is twofold again. We're looking for engagement. We love it when coaches love it when players, athletes, individuals engage with them. But we're also looking for ideas of what you want to hear, what you're looking for, and what you're wanting to get out of listening to this podcast. Again, thanks very much for taking the time. We look forward to you listening to our episodes in the future. We've got loads of guests that are already pre-recorded or lined up to talk. So again, have a great day. Enjoy your training. Hi guys, we're joined by Sybil today, who is going to talk us through where she's at at the moment. Um, I won't speak a little bit about her. She's going to talk a little bit about what she's doing currently. So shoot for it. Thank you for having me, Lee. Um, My name is Sybil. I um, work in corporate communications and marketing, but I also um, teach Qigong, a very dynamic form of Qigong that I think we'll talk a little bit about later on. Cool. And we were just talking before we jumped on about your journey in communications and marketing and now this kind of transfer away from that to a certain degree. And I'd love you to talk about how physical activity or exercise has both been hugely positive and also quite negative. And I think that will that will sit with people today. Mm-hmm. I think looking back, um, movement and sports has always played a major role in my life. And when I was a child uh, to the age of a teenager, I just loved to move. I moved because it was natural to me. I learned horse riding and then I started learning judo, which was completely unrelated, but there was this <laughs> judo school in the village where we lived. And because I was horse riding, I figured, well, if I learn how to roll, which you do in judo, I wouldn't hurt myself when falling off the horse anymore. So, <laughs> so did I that work? Doing... yeah, it did. <laughs> It worked really well because, you know, as a, as a child and teenager, you do stupid things with horses. You know, you ride without saddle, you jump on and off and, you know, you, you do all these crazy things. And um, 
So that worked really well. Um, so the judo saved me quite a few times. And I, I kept pursuing these two passions. But then, of course, there came a point where I would, would have had to decide and I didn't. You know, my, my judo master was telling me, oh, you know, we really want you to do competitions. And we were also horse riding and doing competitions there. So I did both a little bit for a while, but uh, not too long. Um, and then uh, later on, I guess, in terms of movement in my 30s, I was, of course, pursuing a career. I was studying. I went into corporate communications. I went into uh, corporate communications and marketing in the financial services industry in at a time of the financial crisis in 2007. So people were laid off, I was being hired. So I had a lot of stress to deal with. Um, and I started to exercise, to move, thinking that I could out-exercise stress. This is, of course, an insight that I only have now. At the time, yep. I was just... You know, I was super stressed. I was working really hard. I went home. I exercised, went to the gym, and then I was dead and had, had to recover. So I, I guess at the time, I didn't realize that what I was doing was putting more strain on my nervous system. So I was developing chronic back pain, chronic neck pain. And this, of course, wasn't just because of pressure at work. It was mainly because of the pressure I was putting on myself to perform, to always give my best, to do more than the others, to... Uh, and also um, now looking back, it was also due to the fact that I didn't know how to deal with negative emotions and negative thinking. And there was a lot of that, you know, there I was worrying about sickness in the family. I was dealing with a difficult relationship. I didn't know how to get out of. So um, I, I was just this, all these emotions were trapped in my body. And I tried to just, you know, go cycling or spend, I did spend time in nature, but I never looked inwards. I never really started dealing with, with all of that. I just tried to exercise to make it go away. Yeah. So. And I think that resonates with what I see a lot of people doing is that they're actually uh, doing exercise to get out of their body. You know, they're listening to music when they're running or scrolling through their phone on their, their the gym to, to distract them from what they actually should be focusing on and how that movement feels and um, where that tension is. And, you know, we know that emotion is, is stored in the body and we, we can see that. You can see that from people who are unhappy and how they carry themselves. And now you've kind of taken this journey whereby you've seen the benefits of would we say mindful movement mm -hmm. and now you're starting to teach it to to other corporate individuals and to, to teams could you touch on what type of movement that you're doing and how mm -hmm. this is benefiting other people absolutely so i um came across qigong and there are many many different styles of qigong the most commonly known is tai chi but I, I had always been interested in Chinese medicine and sports science, even though I never studied it. So I had this at the back of my head. And then I uh, ran into a school called White Tiger Qigong and started studying it intensively. And I've been to Thailand over the past three years for over three months of inten intensive teacher training. But what this Qigong does is combi combine mindfulness and movement with uh, intention. So um, I had done yoga at the time when yoga wasn't even popular, right? And I tried to meditate and I tried to sit still and it just didn't work. I was always focused on my physical body. My hips were hurting, my knees were uncomfortable. So I, I just, you know, I knew kind of at the back of my head that I had to learn to 
find an approach to be more mindful, but I just didn't find the right style or place. So um, when I discovered Qigong, I, um, it was very clear to me that this is, this is what, you know, kind of it clicked. And um, because it combines movement with meditation and I, you know, you also do fun things. You learn how to move like a tiger or a bear or a crane. So it uses the five elements of Chinese medicine um, to, to teach you to learn, to imitate the movements of an animal, but also to go with the flow of the energy of the element. You know, water is soft and flowy, um, the, which is the long distance running deer, for example. And then there's a tiger climbs the mountain, which is really strong metal, you know, very, very sharp movements um, where you focus on the lungs. So in Chinese medicine, each um, organ is associated with an emotion. And this Qigong, that's the big difference to all the other forms, is that you also look at the emotions and that you learn how to self-regulate. So, for example, if I feel frustrated or angry because I'd been thinking about a, a negative experience, then I might do monkey or leopard, which works deeply on the liver, and the liver is associated with anger and frustration. So you can literally move your body in a way to get that feeling out of the body. And... Um, and that's where I, I didn't study this um, to become a teacher, but uh, it was, I kind of discovered my passion for teaching along the way. And then last year during lockdown, I just, you know, I realized everybody's sitting at home, working from home, people are not moving, they're eating too much, they're, they don't know how to deal with the anxiety and fear that this environment is causing us. So I developed a corporate Qigong program for employee health. It's online, yes, but uh, that's how it is. And, um, and I've been practicing with quite a few companies now and just addressing things, you know, in a, on a, it's, a, it's theme-based. So you'll have one week to really stress, the next week to improve resilience. And, you know, one week you do tiger, then you do monkey and bear and crane. And so it's also a bit of fun. Sounds interesting. Because I think that now we're starting to see huge benefits of, Eastern philosophies um, in elite performance. So obviously you've mentioned meditation, which was a bit poo-pooed a little bit and a bit wooey and a bit hippie, but now the research is, is hugely beneficial for elite performance. And I would imagine from my experience, there's not many out elite performers out there that are not doing a form of meditation. And that Absolutely. breath work started to come to the forefront with some great work being done in that area so now I think that you're probably putting those two together and adding some movement on to mm -hmm. help with people and it also depends on how you package it right of course the style that I that I teach is very very clear and it follows I mean what's nice about it is that it mixes ancient art and modern science um, and that's also why I love it so much. So, you know, you can talk about, you know, the energy channels and the chi flow and, and the organs, um, but, or, or the colors of the element and the qualities of an element, but you can also talk about fascia and kinetic chains and anatomy and why we do this movement the way we do. Um, but I think what, as you, what you said before, um, is whether it's in, in our movement practice or in our everyday life, of course, we need to bring in more mindfulness. Everything is just spinning so fast and we, we can't keep up and our brains can't keep up. And, and uh, I always used to frown upon, you know, like uh, 
um, yeah, meditation in a way and, and slowing things down because I was always busy and running and doing, but I just realized I, I came to a point where it didn't work anymore. My, it was just, I was off, I was out of balance. And with practices like these mindfulness practices, you can learn to self-regulate and to bring yourself back into balance. And I think that's probably, even if I can just give a little bit of a glimpse or, or, or a bit of information when I teach these classes, um, is of course the feeling that people get when they finish the class. You know, you, if you were to take before and after pictures, that would be just amazing. You know, the feeling of relaxation and deep connection that they get with their body again. But I think if there's one thing is that we're not subject to our emotions. We can learn how to, how to deal with them. And I was, you know, this is just from a deep, deep personal experience. I was just trapped for so long in this negative thinking all the time. And I thought... It was being done to me. I didn't, you know, I didn't know how to get out of it. And I think with the specific Qigong, but also with other mindfulness practices, you can learn that. And, um, and if it has a physical aspect to it, you know, where you really deeply move your fascia and your organs and you massage your body through movement, then you can, you can learn to change your mood, your energy, um, you know, to bring in clarity and, uh, and a sense of direction in an uncertain time. Mm. Yeah, and I think that um, it's very hard for top business individuals to sit still. I just don't think that they can, you know, they'll have an idea, they'll have an idea and they'll want to run with it and then that starts off. And that's why I think breath work or, or a movement practice is, is the better way to go. Mm-hmm. And if I kind of move back towards your previous role, how do you think that communication is developing or have you seen a a big change in communication especially in the last 16 months with what's been going on i think um it's becoming even more challenging due to for for corporates but also for small businesses and for individuals to communicate in this time uh, it's much that time is increasingly complex. Um, the whole COVID and the whole measures that came with it have brought even more uncertainty and are causing fear um, among you know, each and every one of us. And, um, and people are irrational when they're fearful and anxious. So um, I think from a communicate from also from a strategic communications perspective, it's just becoming more difficult. Um, to to reach people whether they're your customers or you know the media or um other stakeholders um and um and it's more complex also in terms of tools right because yes we're all digital now but relationship building and trust building and and talking to key influencers and stakeholders it just you need human interaction for that and uh, and it's more complex also in in carrying out communication because you you need to do hybrid everything you need to do you know video conference but then still some people want to meet in the office if they can and and uh, so it's not exactly I was also going to say it's not exactly more sustainable it is because there's less business travel but from the output or from the energy and resources that communications functions need it's actually becoming more demanding so uh, in a sense interesting and fascinating from the role perspective but uh, but also very uh, very very difficult yes yeah and i think that the practices that you're you're, you're coaching or you're teaching is definitely going to help 
with that and well here's a question do you feel that your practices are helping people to communicate better to individuals or or teams or do you get that feedback from the people you work with or is it more just internal communication that, that that's probably better for them it's a good question. I, I get very selective feedback, um, but when individuals, whether it's in the group and you know classes or some of the private clients that I have for the Qigong, when they tell me, "Wow, you know, if we do this in the morning, my day is completely different. You know, I have clarity, I'm calm, I'm focused." Or when we do it in the evening, they'll say, "I feel like I didn't work all day. Everything, all the stress is gone." So I think that will have an impact on how they communicate with their, be it with their um, people or teams at work or with their customers. So certainly an indirect impact, but it's not big enough to meant to start measuring, let's say um, absenteeism or sick leave or anything. I mean, that then that's when it really becomes interesting. I think yep. that's something I want to look into. And that was probably my last question is what's, what's, in the, on the horizon not that we know what's going to come around the corner but for you personally what what are you mm -hmm. trying to, to do i think well well what i'm trying to do is of course establish um really establish my business or both of my businesses because i found i founded my um strategic communications agency just before covid started you know a little bit over a year ago <laughs> and of course uh, yeah i'm laughing because yeah it was just good timing but you know you never know but but still what it taught me and what it's still teaching me is to to learn to deal with change and to learn to deal with uncertainty and that's why i need the qigong because nature is always changing right and 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 qigong is based on taoism the, the chinese philosophy to harmonize ourselves with nature so you can learn from a mindfulness practice of how to navigate times whether they're you know yeah they're, they are uncertain and this will also will stay um so i think but nonetheless you know a bit of stability so of course uh, working on on um, building my relationships with existing clients, getting some new ones, but also combining this with the Qigong, focusing on, um, on corporate classes for employee health and some private classes. And I do hope what you said before that more and more leaders will recognize that they just need to, you know, slow it down a bit. And if, if they don't want to sit still and meditate, then they can do it combined with qigong movement and stillness and finding back to to you know a bit of calmness and quiet um and as an effect find more clarity also and really just um slow it down a bit cool now you're based in zurich which mm -hmm. is a great part of the world because you have great access to to the mountains and yes <laughs> thank god you have some amazing uh very jealous kind of pictures at the moment or videos <laughs> where can people come and find more about you and what you're doing and just just to get more information yes so they can go to my website um swissqigong.com qigong is spelled with a qi qi gong um or on instagram swissqigong all in one word same on facebook and uh, there's also my email um, pointing to my communications consultancy agency if they are interested to con contact me about that too. Excellent. Well, thank you for your time. It's been fascinating to hear what's, what's going on with you and how you're using your learnings to, to help in the corporate world.
Thank you for having me, Lee.